Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And today we have Puka replacing both Martin and Richard. And we have the Pearl. Hello. Welcome back. We have the Pearl. Great to be back again. (laughs) It's been a while. I'm trying to think how long it's been since you've been within the Green Room. It's been over a year. Well, a month ago. Yeah, you weren't here, unfortunately. Oh, okay, so I missed I missed your last little reunion show. Though. Yes, okay. yes, but before that, it, it had been a while. But you were out of town, so yeah. But it's great you. to be here, and I'm excited for today's and show. She, she was here for so years much. and years, and here she's finally back again. Well, so. why don't you introduce our guests then? So we are here today talking about uh, dogs, and uh, we're super excited to have the world famous dog trainer Layton. Can you introduce yourself? I can't. Sure. I don't want to. Butcher your last name. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you would be the first. So my name's Leighton. My last name's Westhazen. Um, I'm with a dog training school and pet resort called Partners Dog Training. And with me is Sarah. Sarah, is happy my... birthday. Hello, Welcome thank to the you. studio. I'm Sarah. Thank you. My better half that gave yeah. up her birthday day to come and play. <laughs> happy birthday, Sarah. Woo-hoo. It's her birthday. Happy birthday. Thank happy you. Birthday. Thank you. And can we introduce Puka? Uh, Do you want me to hold her up right now? I'll I'll grab her. Yes, why don't you hold her up a second? (laughs) (laughs) She's on camera. There's the Puka. The The golden golden lap dog. (laughs) So, Leighton, what do you think about Puka? Her behavior, you saw just a little glimpse of it. So, so she's, a, she's a beautiful retriever, and we really learned the first thing. Never put a microphone in front of a dog's face because to them, that soft little microphone, the little stove thing. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a show once, and, uh, and my dog was there, and the presenter said, so what's your dog thing? And she went, wham, and put the microphone, and then he just took it right out of her hand. And he's like, I thought it was a toy. But anyway, she's beautiful, and she's uh, about, what, 15 months, I think you said, right? Yes, exactly. And a uh, little lap dog. Chet obviously likes his lap dogs. Well, is her, was her birthday in October, I thought? September. Okay, so September. Okay, so maybe September nineteenth. So she'll be fifteen months in December nineteenth. So it's actually great that that's actually an important thing because it's a great time to be putting some work into training. You can start training dogs at six months of age, and there's some people that start even earlier than that. Uh, you just got to be really gentle if you start young. But this is a good age. This is kind of like the teenage phase for them. Uh, we often, probably 80% of the dogs that come through our facility are 18 months, roughly, give or take 15 to 18 months of age. Um, that's when they start exploring, experimenting, and it's a it's a great time for them. Definitely a high-energy time, so it's a good time to focus on obedience. Right. Yeah. And if you didn't want a high-energy dog, you should have got something else other than a golden retriever. <laughs> but um, Well, I actually run every day through the mountains, and so that's why I was like, I perfect. want a dog that can run with me and will love that. and. Goldens love to run. So I actually took her on uh, about a 1.2 mile run right before I brought her here. So and you were hoping she was going to be calmer, right? <laughs> oh, I would have had to double that distance to make her calm. I just wanted her to not be bouncing off the walls, you know. Right, right. And that's one thing I've also learned is that it's so important while your dog is a puppy and in this kind of like adolescent phase. You have to take them on those walks every day. Right. If I have a really busy day and I don't get to it, she's bouncing off the walls. So it's definitely been a learning experience that, uh, you know, have to take her on those walks. Well, something yes. that Leighton was uh, emphasizing is consistency is key. Sit. So, Leighton, will you tell us, will you give us a little bit of your background so people know who you are? Sure. And uh, how you got to this level. And I know you have trained uh, many, many dogs that are in the movies. 
and uh, and you, military yes. dogs. Yep. Was, yep. We yes. So I've had a yes. have an interesting past, um, and it's and it's interesting because each one of those different things has fed me to where I am today. You know, we always say it doesn't matter what we go through. You know, childhood and experiences it all makes us who we are, and hopefully it makes us better. But um, I grew up on a ranch uh, in South Africa with my parents. Um, we had a, a big farm and. I really didn't have any, many friends. There just weren't people there. You know, we were on our own, and my dad's staff had, had kids, and I got to know them, obviously. But most of my time was spent with dogs and with all sorts of other creatures. Um, I had horses as well, and, and I learned basically how to train by experimentation, which is, which is actually not a bad way to go. You know, you've mm. just got to pay attention to detail. In fact, I was commenting with Chet just now that he's analytical, and that's probably one of the most important things we look at in training. So anyway, that was the farm life, and then um, we moved to the city uh, after that, and I trained at a club for a while. And then, at What age were you at, at this point? Oh, gosh, about 12, 10, 12, something like that, started okay. spending more time. My parents had a house in the city and a house, and then obviously on the farm as well. But we started spending more time in the city. And um, what, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad was a pilot and also an executive in the advertising world. So oh, he, um, he, he was Air Force originally, and then he started flying charter. And he met somebody through flying charter for this particular guy, and the two of them hit it off. And then he started flying for that guy and then getting involved in the company. And they owned this particular farm that we moved to as well. So it was the... It was really a whole bunch of different things, and it gave us exposure. So I've been flying airplanes since I was about 12 years old. You know, never How got exciting. my license, but anyway. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, wow. And my, my brothers are both – well, my, my one brother, Andre, he became a pilot in the Air Force as well, kind of followed in dad's footsteps. But I went in the animal direction and uh, got involved, just did a whole bunch of different things. I got involved with, with uh, training dogs with a friend of mine in agility. Uh, dog jumping, as we call it now, and then also, then I got into the military and started training uh, detection dogs, dogs that were trained to find explosives. You did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did so not know that part. Well, I, I had saw that, and wow. when we were just doing a little bit of study on your bio, and I, I was very curious to see what that was about. So, yeah, wow. yep. So, training dogs basically just for different tasks: tracking, uh, search and rescue. Um, uh, you know, bomb detection is is really cool because it obviously is training a dog to work, and if that dog makes a mistake, there's a significant consequence. Right. You know, fortunately here in the states we don't have a lot of those types of things where the dogs are actually finding explosives. But when we were in the army, we were finding you know bomb probably on average once every two weeks. You know, so it's it was, fascinating that dogs are so sensitive and able to find yeah. an explosive. Like, yeah. but how, how are they? Able well, they to, haven't developed understand. other technology that's. Better than that. That's incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. And there are so... there are still times where dogs outperform technology. You know, we uh, I did a thing many years ago with uh, Southwest Airlines where we looked mm-hmm. into training bombs. I'm sorry, training dogs to search luggage because at that time there was need, but it just was practically impossible to do it with the amount of of pieces that they had going through. So technology is better for that. But you can't pack up a machine and move it out to go and look at something, they've got to take x-rays, they've got to bring in the bomb squad, whereas you can just walk over there with a dog. And dogs are really good at picking up odors. So you asked, how do you train that? It's really just a task for the dog. It's like fetching a ball. You know, they they have no real interest in what you're actually searching for, whether it be explosives or drugs, or, you know, there's dogs that are trained to find, you know, certain types of, uh, like, fruits and things like that. It's just... Or like pigs are yep. trained to find the truffles. That's right. right. Pigs train truffles in, in Europe and so on. And in actual fact, they used to use pigs at, at Heathrow Airport, which would be really cool. You'd really? walk through Heathrow you know, really on your way to a flight, and he'd be this 300-pound pig, security pig. 
All and of a sudden, you're craving bacon. <laughs> I know, I know. So that was quite funny. But yeah, they're they're amazing at that. They don't really care. They're just looking for an odor, and for that odor, they get rewarded. So you give them the scent, and then you give them a reward, and right? And they start off with food. Okay. So we hide. So we basically we hide their food for them in a location where they've got to go find it. And once they find the food, then obviously they get to eat it. And then you and you match the food with an odor. And then eventually you take the odor away. I'm sorry, you leave the odor there. You take the food away. And then the dog learns when he finds that odor, he gives you an alert, which is normally a sit or a down. In in uh, the old days, we used to use a aggressive alert where the dog would actually scratch at something. We've gone away from that because you don't really want him scratching at a at an explosive because you know, it might yeah. go off. And in actual fact, in <laughs> Europe, there was a time with IRA and with uh, the British police where the where they um, they had triggers in the bombs and they would actually blow up the, the the search team. So we've moved away from that. I know it's pretty mortifying, but <laughs> oh, anyways, the uh, <laughs> and then we use different uh, like the Air Force here uses boxes. They put little boxes out and they hide something in box number one, but there's like two boxes to start, then three, then four, then five, etc. And they also train them. You know, they don't trust when the new handler comes along. So, Chet, if you had to join up and want to train with them, they're not going to give you their $50,000 bomb dog. Yeah. They give you a box with a leash attached to it. <laughs> and you've got to train for the first couple of weeks with this box. And as crazy as it sounds, it's actually a really good way to train, you know. We're not harming the dog. Kind of like with so you just now questions. where I took the leash off the dog mm-hmm. and showed you how to handle the leash. Mm-hmm. That way you're not training the dog in something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're keeping all the good stuff for the dog. It's important. Those little details make a big difference in the training process. So if anybody out there is listening and you're having trouble with training your dog, really you should seek professional help. We were talking earlier, a lot of people let their ego get in the way and then they never seek a trainer and then their dog ends up, you know, very disobedient and then all of a sudden it's a nightmare and then it's yep. harder to train the dog. So you're better off seeking help and, you know, having a well-trained dog from a young age. How, yep. how do they yes. find you, Layton? I was just going to say for a person who has been the opposite, on the other end of not a well-trained dog, please go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Partners Dogs is our website, P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S-D-O-G-S. And we do all sorts of things. We do daycare. We do behavioral training. We do dogs that come in. We've actually got a new program, which has just got going, where instead of just daycare being where the dog drops off the morning and spends the day with us, they're actually doing enrichment exercises now. So exactly what I was showing you with your dog, you do exercises like heel work and sits and stays, and they learn to work in this group environment. And we basically are taking what happens in schools. You know, if you send your kid off to school, the mm-hmm. teacher says to the kids, okay, line up outside the classroom. And so we'll, you know, we'll have dogs that will come in and we'll literally do those kinds of things. And it's great. It's, so it's the obviously. The dog owner is not there then? Nope. Dog owner drops okay. the dog and they go off to work and we do all the training. And when the dog goes home, the dog's tired. We get owners that'll call us and say, geez, what do you do with our dog there? My dog came home and slept. I'm like, yep, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> I so, will say, I'm already having good results with that first tip he gave me of doing like the uh, kind of firm tug. Because uh, that way she re- notifies her, oh, what I'm doing right now I should not be doing. Right. It is effective. And to, to explain that to your, to your uh, listeners and viewers, so what was happening is that she was loading up the leash. So she was driving, wanted to get to mom or wanted to get wherever. And I said, no, relax the leash. And when she tries to pull, just give a little tug on it. Yeah. So we, we're always careful when we say tug. We don't want you to jerk back on the yeah. dog, right? We call you it cranking on the neck. dog. Yeah. Definitely don't want to hurt the dog. Tug. Just a tiny little tug. And then as you tug on her, you just give her a gentle correction. So a soft correction would be like, uh-uh. Something like that. Just like that's not, you know, it's kind of like when he was a kid and he did something wrong. You didn't have to hit him over the head with a baseball bat. The way you guys used to backhand. Yeah, there you go. It's like just just like, hey, that's not okay, you know. That's coming out. That was a joke. Come on. (laughs) 
Did I bring oh up something? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I jokingly said gonna... like I jokingly said like when they used to backhand me, but I was being sarcastic. Hey, that happens she too. Didn't you know, pick it up though at all. So, so it's, in other words, it's just basically teaching the dog to read. And then the other thing which which you want to really pay attention to is your timing. So the moment the dog does something, oh, Chet, you want to feed this. that this into it. Important. Yeah, we're going to actually play a little game with Chad. So, okay, Chet, good, good. Chad. okay, okay. So good. let's say, for instance, I said to you, "Okay, I want you to take my phone." No. Okay, why didn't you take it? Because you said no. I didn't say not to take the phone. You assumed that no meant stop doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. Do you agree? So I stopped yeah. the behavior, which was you reaching for the phone, right? So now you want it? I didn't tell you to take it. <laughs> so what I did now is I lured you into it. I offered it, and I lured it. So let's put that in dog speak, right? So the first one is the moment the dog does something wrong, I want you to say either no or uh. So no, we normally reserve for when the dog's doing something disobedient. They know it's not appropriate. No, don't do that. Uh, uh means basically just soft corrections like ah, uh, mm-hmm. don't like that. So if I'd done that with you and I'd put your hand out, so as you reach out for it, I go ah, uh, you feel that's just as strong, right? Yeah. I don't really have to grab you or shove you or hit you or anything like that. It's basically just an indicator, right? Mm-hmm. If you, however, decide I'm going to grab it away from you, then I have to be ready for that. And that's where you have to get into more of the behavior which training and so forth. your mom responded earlier. Yeah, which your mom was like, <laughs> give it to me, you know. And I'm like, okay. So that's where you see your mom's true personality come out, you see. Once she wants that phone, she's grabbing it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, who got Actually, that time I was using the menu, the wine menu. So maybe it was that, you know. That's what it was, you see. It was the wine bottle. She might have lost the hand. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting because that dog doesn't understand what you're trying to convey to them. Right. They understand timing. So, Chet, do you understand what he's trying to show to you? No. That she doesn't really know what you're trying to say. No, she understands certain commands she understands sit stay down no she knows shake but the main problem with her obedience right now is when she has distractions when people come over and so your dog is not well trained if they aren't obedient in all settings but there's always going to be distractions right exactly exactly why she's not well trained unless she'll listen in all settings which she isn't right now so that's why i'm like i do need help well and this is something that layton was talking about how the whole entire family has to be on the same page, right? Yes. Right. When it comes to the pet, and you were right. talking about Sit. how sometimes you, you have to separate Sit. spouses to get that going, Sit. or you, you know, you were talking with Kinga and Chet and Rachel and saying how they treat one another is just as critical as how they're they're treating Puka. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. You don't want you don't want one spouse, or you know, you don't want Chet criticizing his mom in front of the dog or saying, "Mom, don't do that," because that tone. The dog will pick up on being, okay, well, I don't have to listen to your mom because she's no longer important. Um, but likewise, the, your foundation, which is really what you're, you're referring to. So what makes a dog listen under distraction? In other words, when there is a temptation out there. We use a bunch of analogies when we teach people. But the one that probably would adjust to you, would matter to you is like if you're driving the road and you're driving a car that's nice and has got a really high performance, right? What do you drive? A Porsche. Yeah, there we go. I had I kind of figured you'd be in that just based on your personality, right? <laughs> so you drive down the road, you know the speed limit's 50, and there's nobody around. Is Maybe it's like late at night, then maybe you're going to push it 60, 70, right? Yeah. Maybe 80. It's on the freeway, the 101. So what keeps you from going fast? There's a consequence. Criminal speeding tickets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And what I chance wish it was the Autobahn out here. And, and what right? chance do you have talking your way out of it driving a Porsche? Uh, not Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Right. Porsche. Yeah, Sorry, Porsche. Porsche. Oh yeah, Porsche. you're right. Porsche. You're right. And 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 now the next thing is, what color is your Porsche? 
Porsche. Uh, white. White. Okay. Yeah. And so gold. That's, He's a gold one too. Okay. So, so oh, that's also an indicator, one. right? Because that's your personality. So, some people go for certain types of cars. Red being one of them. Well, Chet is a music producer and a DJ, and he has a song called "Gold Porsche" or something. Yeah, I do. Yes, we don't uh, need to get into that right now, though. Okay, <laughs> no, we well, talked about that. It's, it's, he performed set. actually. Uh, let's see, not last night, but the set. night before, and he killed it. It was amazing. very cool. He released nice. some new music, and it was just incredible. Yeah. So that, so that would be an example of drive, right? The adrenaline from that, from the show, from the performance, right? So now the the reason we bring in that up here is because. Because that's the that's your your drive that is exceeding the amount of control you have. So if I said to your dog right now, if I said to to her, if I took a tennis ball and threw it across the room, you would have great difficulty controlling her at that point. Well, we actually have a good example happening good, in live in real time right now. Gabe, our producer, she wants to go say hi to him really bad right now, and he is distracting her. Right. So, we so have this a distraction is, happening in live time. This is where consequence <laughs> so matters. What, what can you show yeah. us? So this how is your. Well, he's doing exactly what he has to do. So you're not giving permission for her to go over and say hi, right? You've yeah. said like no. Yeah. So therefore, well, you right, let her go over to say hi, so that she would, you know, get it out of her system. And Did that I'm, work? It, no, no, now she's still. She's gone go back again, yeah. and that's because you're playing a human right now. You say, "Okay, go get it out of your system." Well, that's a human response mm -hmm. to the dog. You've got to decide, like, are you going to allow it or not? And if you're not going to allow it, which is what I would recommend, Stay. then you're going to enforce that. You're going to reinforce it every time. How? How? The how? The problem is your foundation is poor. Now, it's not me judging you, right? Or, or criticizing, you need to go and work on foundation. Your foundation is about 75% based on your leash. Mm -hmm. I want 75% based on you. Mm -hmm. The leash should be 10, 15%. So going to a class, teaching a dog a pattern would be the same thing as when you got your Porsche, getting in and learning to drive. You know, I got to pay attention to detail. Well, one That's question smart. I have about yes. basically unlearning a bad habit is that basically right now, the only way she really listens to my ver verbal commands is if I raise my voice right. to a high level. And then I don't need the leash. <laughs> but I don't want to be screaming like a maniac in public at my dog. No. So yeah, I, I basically have to, un have to unteach her to only listen to me when I'm screaming as far as discipline goes. And it basically came to that point because she's very high energy and will get so sucked into a distraction, she wouldn't hear me unless I would be like, you know, poke it, stop, you know, at a very high volume. And, and I and said so to Chet, I heard him talk like that. And I said, Chet, you can't do that because, if, you know, if you're. It's unsustainable. If, if your girlfriend exactly. is yeah. over, she'll be like, oh, my God, he's being mean to the dog. Right. And, and not only that, your dog will develop resistance <laughs> to your loud voice. Eventually, it's not loud enough. Yeah. And a lot of people experience that with equipment that they use. You know, like, they'll get like a. your leash. Yeah. The, the eventually, she'll be like, I don't care how hard you pull on the leash. I don't care. You know, I mean, she's the one choking herself, not you. There's, oh, not, she, she's like that when I walk around. Correct. So. So the trick is to go back to your foundation, building foundation. And, and there's, there's a really easy way to look at this. You know, what makes you sit here and pay attention? You could be like paying attention to your phone. Like if your phone rings, are you going to pick it up right now? No, no. because you're working. Yeah. But what makes you realize that? Teaching, education, training, your mom, other people, your own experience in life, etc. You got to do the same thing with your dog. She's got to learn the foundation is what controls me, not how loud you are or how forceful you are, etc. I mean, imagine if you were a – you know, six-year-old little girl trying to control her golden retriever. She doesn't have the strength you have. Yeah. So we have to teach those kids foundation. Heel work. We always start off with heel work. Make the dog walk at, walk at your side. And in a case like with a child, we'll have a, a, an adult or a trainer helping them out. Or the trainer will teach the behavior first. That's what I really prefer. We take the dog. Dog stays with us. They go through all the training. And then we give them back to you. Then we teach you how to work with the dog. Right? That's by far the best. 
that's because the staff are not personal about your dog. You have a lot of personal feelings. If I pick on your dog, you know, and then you're like, oh, that's my baby. Like, you know, leave her alone. We don't have that feeling. See, I like constructive criticism because I want her to be the best dog possible. But um, that's the one way she's actually very well trained right now is uh, as far as walking and on the leash and heel training. Um, but that also goes out the window. As soon as we're walking with more than like two people, she'll just totally forget her training. So it's all right now with her a matter of distractions. So if you're so walking let's, let's... with Megan, is she good? Yeah. If it's just the two of us, she's great on the leash. But if Rachel and Evie try to join, then she'd probably start acting crazy. It's If there's more than one person with us, she starts to just get more and more energetic. So that's like you pulling up at a traffic light and a guy rolls up alongside you with another Porsche. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good analogy. Begins. Okay, so now you're like, okay, like, do I want to risk not any speeding. Now I want to risk it. <laughs> yeah, but now, now if they get you, it's going to be that's what is it? It's a expression of speech or a racing or something like that. Yeah. Much oh, yeah. more significant. Oh yeah. And you know that, but you're still tempted, right? Because yeah. you're young it's and you're be driving. Fun, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what's that called? So that's drive. That's the drive so, coming into your dog. And so I have a question for a non-dog person. When you talk about you're the perfect person to be here today because yeah. she's somebody that's a little bit timid of dogs. She's had bad experiences with dogs, and she doesn't want dogs jumping on her. So she, let's say that Pearl comes to the house. Wait, and, let me ask my question. Okay, she's gonna ask the <laughs> question. Yay, yay! You don't want her to ask yeah. it for you. No. <laughs> You've been talking about you have to have the foundations, and I'm thinking, what does that mean? Like, what are foundational things when it comes to training a dog? Good question. So I'm going to use – I like using analogies because analogies work better. So what makes the kid that walks into a classroom go sit down in their seat? Repetition. Somebody demonstrating it ahead of time, right? We use video demonstrations a lot for us, for our clients, because video is such a, it's an easy thing. Um, I had a situation the other day where somebody described uh, a car accident to me, and I literally didn't understand what they were saying. And then all of a sudden it kind of clicked, and I realized, man, you would have been so better off if you'd actually showed me a visual representation. So for dogs, we want you to see visually what it is. We want the dog to walk at your left side. And to be honest, I don't care what side a dog walks on. You know, we train our dogs to walk on the left in the U.S. Why, or whatever. Why left? <laughs> That's actually one of the stories we don't have the answer to. We think okay. it's based on generations, hundreds of years ago, where horses walked on the right and a dog walked on the left. But okay. but we don't really. Know. And there are countries like in Belgium, they sometimes train dogs to walk on the right side. Wait, do we finish answering Pearl's foundational? So, like question. so yeah, that's question. always the problem. It's like I'll go off in a tangent. That's and why it's he like, brought me yeah. up. So, like, yeah. so, yeah. so foundation, yeah. that foundation of, of walking at heel and, and like the kids <laughs> thing. What teaches that child to sit in that chair? Repetition, practice, repetition, consequence. There has to always so be a consequence. Walking is a foundation, like Absolutely. by your side. So yep. what's another? Stopping and sitting. Okay. Making a dog lay down. Okay. So we have heel, which is obviously walking in this context. Mm-hmm. Sit. I'm glad Pretty you basic. clarify that because heel did not mean that in my head. So what did heel mean to you? It meant stop sitting at okay. your side, heel. So heel but could also mean run at my side. Okay, so heel, heel means walking on your side? It could be that or it could be come to my heel. So if my dog's running around. So this would be something you were mentioning that, that uh, with her, she doesn't come to you when you call her. The reason she doesn't come to you is because her foundation is still poor which is fine. That's what training is for. And she's at the perfect age for that. Well, and then it's not secondly, all the time that she doesn't come to me. When she's getting the zoomies. Correct. Well, that's she's drive. running and running and running, going crazy. And I have to leave and I have to go. And then I call her. She won't come. 
I, I have to go get Chad. Right. And, so you're you're trying to you're trying to run a marathon before you've learned how to be fit enough to do the first few steps, right? You're gonna hurt the next day. Correct? So with her, her zoomies is just expression of her drive and excitement and everything like that. It's very is hard. Is normal to, with a dog? Do all dogs do that? It's, it's normal with some most dogs. dogs do you know, well, most I, dogs do. I think that you also have just not been stern with disciplining her at any point. So I really think that she views you as a play friend. I don't really think she views you as an alpha that can that's control true. her. I think so that's, that's why she doesn't come when you call her. Because she comes about 95% of the time if I come to the door and say, Puka, come. That's because she views me as, you know, being the boss. Would you so agree with I that? So I think you need to sure. transform how she views you. And you've and, also worked with her a lot more than your mom has. Yeah. So True. she respects you in a different way than That's, her. Well, so. yeah, she tries to be like the cool like grandparent. Yeah. And just so I was just going to say, one day her. when you have kids <laughs> and she's the grandparent, <laughs> you'll understand this way better. Uh, yeah. But right now, your mom is, is kind of like, well, I'm she's with granny. me playing. Yeah. You're the granny, <laughs> so she doesn't really have to listen. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's not difficult to change that dynamic. You, and, and I want to go back to one thing. So we don't use the word alpha very much in training anymore okay. because some Why? people would see alpha as being like, I have to be the all-empowering, you know, dominant thing. And there are certain breeds, like, for instance, my Belgian Malinois, where you're never really their alpha because that dog can light you up just as quick. Lots yeah. of law enforcement and people have found that out the hard way. So, so he has this dog uh, where he says one word or one sound, and it it goes ballistic and tries to like eat your arm. Yeah, those are the most common used dogs in law enforcement. Right? You see, that scares me when you say that because I'm like, that <laughs> sounded so like bad. he's out of control. So it's a trained behavior. He doesn't care who you are. It's trained to look after you and protect you, right? Which is what we want. Um, but yes, to and, and this is something that's important as well because you know you look at this dog who's. Got a great personality, very gentle, very affectionate. You can use training to teach her. But if you had to take a dog that had some aggressive responses, that would be a different. So back to your foundation. So the training of that dog is slightly different to the training of, of Puka because How Puka, so? How so? Well, because putting a leash on her and, and, and maybe giving her a correctional leash, it does not trigger an aggressive response, whereas there are dogs that have learned how to use aggression to control their environment, so therefore they've been biting people. If you put a leash on that dog, give a dog correct, dogs and turn around and take your face off. So we have to train them differently and more under control and with more tools in place. So foundation is not always the same. And to go back to the commands that we are talking about. And that is one thing people should keep in mind. Rescuing dogs is amazing, but you should be prepared that you're going to have to spend more time on training because mm-hmm. sure. they've Absolutely. probably gone through yes. more traumatic things mm-hmm. but yet here well no i just have seen many people go and rescue a dog and then return it to the pound within it six months because they weren't expecting all the work it's going to take training a dog that's been through that experience something that people need to prepare for and you know well I mean, take them to a profesh- professional trainer we talk that's about a good the point. analogy of of children right and so you think of a child that's gone through the foster care system where they have to get mm-hmm. a lot more therapy and a lot more help so, just because they've gone through a lot more trauma so i think about rescuing a dog you should have that expectation that this dog <coughs> is going to need a lot more help and a lot more gentleness and love and training because they've gone through a lot more trauma and you know i'm going to bring up something which I obviously sure. i won't name the people but but I have a client that was talking to me one day about kids like you just talked about now that had grown up in a foster system. And this particular child said being he, – he, he talked back to the to this one guy and the guy's like, well, yeah, I'll just beat his ass for that. And and the, the um, uh, 
Sorry, the, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they cuss all the time. I listen to one of these shows never. But, but the, uh, what's it? The social worker said, well, just understand this kid has been beaten up so many times in his life that he wouldn't even care if you beat him up because it's like nothing. And that's the same with dogs. If you have dogs that have been, that have been beat up by people, you know, trying to control the dog, that dog is not going to care about a correction. So we have to use different techniques. We use food for the most part. Food is, is a very good balancer. Um, you know, you we use, use food. Yeah. So, so you use treats. You talked about yes, treats in the yes. beginning. So look at it this way. Food is a low value reward and mm-hmm. a treat is a high value reward. So if your dog didn't hit the lottery, we don't want to use a mm-hmm. treat to reward them for something, right? <laughs> like food being their normal kibble, what they would have for breakfast, so, soap, dinner. So train them when they're hungry. Is what you're yep, saying? Absolutely. Or make thing. them hungry. So yeah. a hungry dog works way better than a dog that's just had a nice fat meal. Yeah. Um, same with people. You <laughs> I know. was going to say, think about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're telling me, I have to do all this to get to lunch, guess what? I'm going to do all this to get to lunch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you could test that theory. Just don't pay somebody for a week and watch how fast they'd work a lot harder after that, you know? And, and people that are in sales understand that theory. Well, same thing with dogs. So so we'll off, we joke with people like we'll put a little sign out and say, you know, we'll work for food kind of thing. But but a lot of times for clients, we'll tell them, like, don't feed your dog a bowl of food and then try to train them. Take that bowl and use that bowl in the training of your dog. And we do that all day. Every dog in the morning, the techs make up uh, each dog's food. You know, we'll train 200 to 250 dogs a day at our facility. So each dog has a little paper plate. You know why they have paper plates? So they can't eat the metal plates. And then that way, they the hygiene is perfect because they're just little paper plates. They're little hot dog plates. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. We have a, the staff make a sticker. Sticker applies to dog. You take the dog's food. You train him with that food. So I have had great results uh, with treat training her. But what should I do in this type of a situation? I ran out of treats two days ago and I had a show. So I didn't have time to go to PetSmart. And I haven't had time to go yet. So I've been out of treats for like the past day. And it's been a little bit harder to rein her in because that's what I usually use. So Can I tell um, you what works with her? No, you don't know what works with her. We've already been over this. <laughs> oh, those French toast like rawhide things. I don't know what that is. Like, well, that's a treat. That's a treat. Well, but I don't let her. What I when I am working with her, I it's it's fairly Sit. long, and so I hold it with my hand, and she'll follow me everywhere. She'll do all my commands, and then it, it she'll I let her bite on it a little bit, but then I take it back hmm. because I don't want her. I don't think they're that healthy to give right, them the whole the thing. Whole thing yeah. yeah, so okay, like, but I, I've I actually told you I think this is a bad idea. I think this makes her think that you guys are playing. Because if you continue holding it, she thinks it's like a tug of war situation going on more than you rewarding her for doing a good job. Boy, this is dangerous. Paul, why don't you answer this question? I'm not getting in between family members here. <laughs> no. So I would, I would start by trying what Leighton said. Use her, if you've ran out of treats and you say you want to do a training session in the morning, use her breakfast. You know, dogs will work and when they're more hungry. Good idea. I mean, and then well, it, it was uh, more for this uh, specific type of a setting. Like if oh, I okay. had her bag of treats, oh, I, see. I can like kind of rough like rustle it to get her attention mm. and then she'll act much more obedient. Right. <laughs> so that's that's actually a good point. Let's yeah. talk about that for a second. So we call that sometimes we refer to as bribery or bluffing. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. That'll be the equivalent of somebody saying to you, you know, hey, if you do this, then maybe I'll give you that. Uh-huh. Well when you don't get that, that kills the whole motivation behind it. So you know, if you're going to treat the dog, treat the dog. If you're not well, going to treat, I usually give her a treat. I would that's only fine. do the bluffing like at, right after she had already gotten one and was disobedient again. So try to remind her right. there's future treats that are going to be coming. Sure. <laughs> so there's two two things you want to look at with this, and obviously in a, in a 
a session like this, we have an hour or so. It's hard to compress, you know, weeks of training into that. Right. But but generally, the way I this want you to look at that. This is our first show. Yeah. yeah this is our first. We'll have to do maybe a follow up in three months. So so two things from that. First of all. There's a time when you want to be absolutely consistent with the treat. So if you're teaching sit for the first time, the dog sits, you pay the dog. So that's a term we use for giving the treat, right? Then you walk forward, do another sit, dog pay the dog. Walk forward, do another sit. Once you've got that behavior established, then you can start going inconsistent where you make them do one sit and you say, good dog. Now that becomes the reward, no food. Walk forward, do another sit. Good dog, second behavior, and then you pay on the third behavior. So a lot of times people say to their dogs, and I'm sure you guys have fallen into this trap, you'll say, sit, sit, sit. Now you've yes, given that command actually, three times. Yes, and yes. you say to yourself, then I would say to you as a trainee, so you think your dog didn't hear the sit the first two times? They had to wait for the third? <laughs> no. What happened is that you reinforced the third. That was the sit or else you know, instructions. Yeah, the first two, they were just giving you the middle paw, basically. Yeah, it's like, yeah, read the paw, right? Yes. So, so the problem with that is you want to get back to being consistent, right? But there's times when I'll say to my dog, sit, and then I'll wait, like wait and wait, and then I'll pay the dog. So that's also fine. Now, your last question of treats, they don't care what you give them. You can stop at McDonald's and get some burger for them and give them the patty out of the burger. Now, you had, um, we were when we were talking you were trying to give me some tips for someone like me who, again, um, has had some difficult stories um, of how you can kind of establish your relationship with someone else's dog in case they haven't been mm-hmm. well-trained. So I got I to gotta <laughs> compliment you on this because when I brought that up earlier, I decided I wasn't going to go anywhere near that subject because <laughs> to talk live about a something that's happened in your past is very difficult. And we as mm-hmm. trainers have to be very careful Digging in because I could trigger something that is way greater. You know, I always used to, it, it's funny because we used to talk about cancer in the old days, not mm-hmm. realizing cancer was such a significant thing because, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't really know what cancer, I mean, we knew, but it wasn't common. But nowadays, everybody's exposed to it somewhere. You know, my, my dad's wife died of cancer here. A year, ago, a year ago, about yeah. a year ago, mm-hmm. and so it's it's weird because Sad. sorry, you know, like it's in my head, so I've got to be very careful. And I mention that because what I'm going to answer now is something that we have to be very careful about getting into. So you've had a bad experience with a dog, and possibly with more than one. That's a very common thing, and it's more a than very one. Mm-hmm. okay, more than one, okay. And and you will some so sometimes an instructor like me will refer to you as somebody like you have a victim's complex, which is something that a dog will target. So if you walked into my daycare facility with me right now and there's a hundred dogs running around, they will all come to me. Yeah, I wouldn't let you anywhere near those dogs <laughs> because there would be half a dozen dogs in there that would target you specifically because they would read that off you. That's the scary oh, side. So, so, so we they can feel it. Oh, they yeah. feel that thing, yeah. And funnily enough, the first time I came across that was was growing up on a ranch, as I talked about earlier on, with the cattle where there'd be one cow that would attract attention from all the other cows. And one old boy one day, you know, as he was pulling out his rifle to shoot the cow, I'm like, why are you shooting that cow? He's not the bad one. The other ones are picking on him. He's like, nope, that's the, that's the victim. He is the different term, but that, that, the term we use now, that's the victim. That's the one that attracts that attention. So... You have to be careful. So the way we would teach you is we would give you another dog that would build your confidence. That dog would be somebody that's not likely to hurt you, that well, it would absolutely not hurt you. And then we would give you a structured training session. So structure is what makes us better. You know, what makes people be able to talk in public? We deal with this all the time. You know, you can 
literally talk to anybody and their cousin within seconds, right? <laughs> and clearly your kids have picked up on that. Yes, they, right? they both are that way, yes. So was it genetics that made them like that, or was it them being exposed to you and who you are that and made them? being exposed to my dad. My dad was that way. Or your dad was like that. Mm-hmm. So we call that learned behavior. So in your case, we would learn the behavior. We would teach you how to handle that, right? And then we'd do it step by step using a small dog first so that there's no fear of that. And I could eventually get to the point of handling a big, powerful Belgian Malinois like mine, and then you'd, that would empower you to do that. But it has to be done by somebody that knows what they're doing because the difference between being a successful training session and falling off the mountain is about a quarter of an inch, you know? And as I'm saying this, I'm watching your reaction and your eyes and your behavior because that tells me how deep I can go before I get into trouble. And I encourage anybody who's in your position to, you know, try to make that step to get comfortable with training a dog again because she has brought so much happiness back into my life. I forgot how much joy dogs bring you on the daily Um, because I always grew up, we always had a bunch of dogs and then uh, they all passed away. Um, they all passed away about around uh, 2019 so went a couple years without any dogs and I did not realize how much of a difference it makes on your day to day how much joy I'm so much happier every day when I come home and I see her or if I'm working in the studio working on music she's there to keep me company so so did um, she ride in the front seat of your car uh, I put her in the back seat she uh, did she have a seatbelt uh, I actually have not been putting a seatbelt on. Good question. Should, Should I? they have a yep. seatbelt so on? So if you've got a dog yeah. loose in the car, they've got to be either with a harness. So these oh. are the hard questions, you see, because oh, you can okay. see you see how he went into like slight defense mode. And that's good because now you're going to be thinking about that. That's all I want. I want Because I don't want this dog becoming an 80 mile an hour missile coming forward in the car if you slam on brakes, right? Yeah. Likewise, I also want her to be safe because there's no way she can restrain herself in the back of a car or in the front of a car. You can so ask so Sarah. I've, oh, yeah. around her? No, you have a special harness that you get for dog. her, yeah. and okay. you have a, an attachment that you put on your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. So you pull the seatbelt down so the little ratchet catches it, and you run it back, and then it locks it into position. Oh. And then that way she has a little freedom. She can move around in the back seat, uh, but she can't come forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then that way you're also harness. safe. You know, if you do have any kind of an accident, and just think of that as a oh. missile that's oh, coming he, forward. Right. You know, oh, I, yes. I would say I uh, try to not drive with her as much as possible to right. try to reduce sure. the chance of that. But I should still get the uh, seatbelt harness for yep. her when I do have to take her in the car. That's really, she only idea. goes in the car to go to the vet. Yeah. Right. Well, so. but she's here today. She didn't Actually, walk. Alice Cooper's yeah. vet. So, <laughs> right. So we met, we met uh, because of Alice and Cheryl Cooper. Uh, he trained. Chet, are you listening? <laughs> so he's sitting thinking about the harness and about his car right now. So. Well, no, I, think, uh, I was trying to keep Puka, uh, I'm trying to keep her attention. How about this? Say? Can you just take her leash off and let her loose? She's not going to do anything wrong. Um, no, because I'm working on keeping her attention right now. And she's a very inquisitive, high energy dog. Let's and see so what she have, does. I want to play with her. I know she's going to run around and wander. That's what she wants to do. Okay, and right let, now, we're trying to work on keeping can her attention. Can we let a few tests, please? No. See, this is why. <laughs> this is okay. This is a great sample of why. <laughs> so is this why we're well trained? You two need to be playing. I try to focus on keeping her attention, and she goes, "Let her loose. Let her." Uh. So, so Kinga, I'm going to take Chet's side here. So, no, we don't okay, want to walk okay. around. And okay. the reason is because if you, so, let's say you had a small child here. Would you say the same thing? Let's say the kid wanted to walk out the door and go check around outside. No. Well, why not? Because it's unsafe. Yeah, so that's the same. Okay. That's how you need to apply. So better, well, more control is better than okay. less control. Yeah, until she's well-trained. Once she's well-trained, then we can say, 
Yeah, no, then you'd put it. So this is what you would do. The chords or something. So we talked about the commands. He'll sit down, stay. I think we talked about stay. The last command I want you to teach your dog, which is actually one of the first commands we teach. So I shouldn't say last. Is place place training your dog? So place means it basically means go sit in your chair. In this case, the the dog. So you would have a place at home, and you might have three places at home. Kitchen, family room, bedroom. <laughs> yeah, we one literally. In every room is smart. And when we sit smart. out on the patio, we'll move one of the dog beds outside, yeah. especially for my Mal, because my Mal wants to do 100. My Mal is the Porsche version of a dog, mm-hmm. right? We Actually, we refer to them as Ferraris. So we'll put a bed outside, and I'll put, and the instant I put the bed down, my dog will go lay on the bed and say, okay, fine, I'll lie here. So that's what I would do with her. So you can come to your show. You'd put a little bed in the back well, here, that's a, that's and you put in a downstay. And then for the two hours you're doing a show, she can do a downstay for two hours. Easy. Interesting. So we'll bring a, we'll bring a dog bed for next yep. time you're here. That's, that'll be fun. And I'm glad we uh, brought this part up because she basically has a place that she stays. And I haven't been using that command. I just say stay. But I'm going to start saying place. She likes to sit at the top of my stairs. Like if I have to go and do something else throughout the house. I'll just, but I'll say sit and stay. But now I know to use place instead. Sure. And, and, you, really and you could use yeah. sit and stay to establish the place command, yeah. but that would be it. So here's a question for you. So if you walk out the door and you wanted to stay inside, what do you say to her? Um, wait, wait, say that I, again? If I walked down, I so want her to stay. So let's say you walked out the door to go outside. And I you wanted her to stay, stay where she was. I would just say stay. Sit okay. And, stay. and so let's say you're walking through the to the kitchen and you want and you want to make dinner or something. And you, what do you tell her then? Um, I would do the same dog thing. Bed. No, Stay. No, no, there you so you realize that there's two completely so, different versions of the same command. Yeah, that's probably confusing for her. That's why I should right. switch it to place. Correct. So we want commands to be specific things, okay. right? Okay. And stay just like the word no. So lots of times with we as a school, we get a dog that comes in and the people are using the word no and the dog's like, oh, I've heard that five million times. I'm not going to listen to it. Well, we well, also, we Rachel, all, I love Rachel so much, but... I know. I noticed that she just says no to no, 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 no to everything she's doing. Well, she doesn't know what specific thing she's doing wrong. Right. Correct. Yes, probably. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we'd have to see. We'd have to we'll, see. We'll have to Rachel on. And show. I'm super so, careful of picking yeah, on yeah, people's we'll kids when the kids are not present to defend themselves because yeah, yeah. you know she needs. To, she'll be on the show. Uh, <laughs> full disclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there long enough. I understand these things. But but you know we joke about these disclaimers. But but the truth actually is that. You have to manage families. You know, you can't, you know, for me to sit here, I can say, and, and, and Chet's awesome because he's comfortable being corrected and being teach, taught, trained, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people are not, and he's especially kids. Teach. He is easy to teach, mm-hmm. but he understands. You know, I said this, you're analytical, you're paying attention. You're realizing that this information is going to help you. I'm not sitting here judging you. I'm not saying, geez, what's all this dog hair on your shirt? You're like, dude, <laughs> don't care. Cool. Now, he probably cares. He's thinking, camera, dog hair. I'm proud of the image. dog hair. It's a sign yeah. of a cute <laughs> dog. But dog managing <laughs> families is as important as teaching them. And this is something that, that people often forget. You know, you know, you have these Thanksgivings and you got 10. We just had a huge oh. Thanksgiving at our house. Poor Sarah. She, I don't know how she got through that. But my brother know. came over from South Africa. My dad was there. It's the first time in our lives that all the men in our family were together. It ever. was awesome. It just and, was a lot of people. And Ahead of that, I had to talk to each one of my brothers and say, okay, here the rules are. I don't want to hear about this person's wife or that person's kid or this person's this. Leave those subjects alone. And my brother likes to do his own thing and not listen to anything. I'm the eldest, but it doesn't always matter. And then, you know, I'd be somewhere and I'd hear them talking about stuff and then I'd be like, hey, remember we had this conversation. But we got through a week, again, following the rules. So, So that's what you have to apply as well. You know, don't pick on... And one of the things you guys have to watch, you're very comfortable criticizing each other, but you can't do that 
unless it's done in a in a in a positive manner. Well, I love so, you saying that. Constructive oh. criticism that okay. I've given Rachel multiple times with Puka is uh, Puka is a very reflective dog. Whatever energy you give her, she gives back, and. Rachel loves to like hype her up and like right. make her go crazy, Which is and then cute. and then she'll be like complaining to me. She'll be like, "She's so high energy and running all over the place." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, you literally <laughs> just were yelling and screaming and throwing the ball for her. Like, of course she's a puppy. Not she's yelling. Gonna... Rachel oh, talks no. in a high pitched voice. She goes, oh, yeah, that's high-pitch. okay. That's, that's gonna hype Rachel. a puppy up exactly. <laughs> right. So you got a brother sibling, you know? Sorry, brother sister sibling, yes. a rivalry, whatever. And then she's high drive. Rachel is, I'm assuming, based on what you're telling. No, no, so, no. She's not high drive. She's well, not high she's drive. revving the dog up. Well, no, no, no. It's hard to... She's very stubborn, which I guess would be high drive. Yeah, wait, wait, It could wait, wait, be. We need to have Rachel on the show. But yeah. I will say... We, yeah, we need and to we'll have bring, on And we'll bring Pistol and let her work Pistol because then Ooh. that might match her personality. Oh. Okay. And and he is because he's had an extent... I mean, he's had... Is that the one that attacks like the... Yeah. Like the protection <laughs> yeah. dog? We, yeah. We're back to the biting. So we won't be doing any biting that day. But but uh, just understand that, that bite training <laughs> is done here. under very, very controlled conditions. Like like, And we are very selective of the dogs we taught. They have to pass very, very stringent tests before we will teach them how to engage or how to do bite work. But when and they're doing that, aren't they being like police dogs? You're training them for like to be a police dog? That dog's trained way dog. higher than any police dog. Yeah, they're not that, really that dog's got $50,000 of training put into him yeah. to reach what you're talking about. And wow. there's some dogs that have had even more than that. You know, the French ring competition dogs, wow. which is even higher than that. They can switch on, switch off at a drop of a hat. But they are Again, I'm going to use the Porsche example. That's because that car is designed to go fast. It is designed to be on a track. It's designed to handle, brake, mm-hmm. etc. So Belgian Malinois and dogs like that are the same. They're not a good right. pet because you have to, you know, if you don't, if we, if I didn't give my dog attention, we were away the other day for a few days, and the dogs stayed in the kennel. When yeah, we came home, we he was wired for about two days. We were only gone for two days. Yeah. You know, it's just it takes time to build off that energy. However, that said. You could do that. So you could take Rachel and put him next to her and give her 10 minutes of training, and we can do that. And then she'll handle that dog because he understands all the commands. You understand? Right. You could even have a situation where somebody, I could attack her, and he would protect Rachel by biting me. Really? Again, it's a trained behavior. And they don't take that personal. Like um, our our last Belgian Malinois, I've actually taken bites – I put on the bottom piece of a suit and had him do the bite training with me that he was trained to do. And, you know, you could see it in his face. He's like, but this is my mom. Like, what? what's happening? But he's doing a job, so he's just got to do it. But he doesn't think like, oh, my poor mom. It's oh, like yeah. he was told to go and attack, and that's his job. So It's following orders. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's fun. It's a game to him. Well, it's not I was personal. scared to be – I mean, you the know. name's Pistol. I, I was scared of being around Pistol, knowing that that's what Pistol can do. Can you say you want me to dress you up in the suit? Yeah, and- are you going to be in the suit next episode? <laughs> no, no, but we'll let Chet do it. <laughs> You know, no, I'm okay. I, it's very interesting <laughs> listening to all of this. I, I'm, I'm Pearl thinking, can do it. Oh, yes, yeah. that, that would be. Can we put the arm on you and decision. let her attack your arm? Are you trying to traumatize her? I thought <laughs> she's your friend. <laughs> Why are you having an evil, maniacal laugh? <laughs> Don't you think that would solve her issues and oh, she won't be scared no. anymore? Not yet. No, no according. It's like being like, are you scared of heights? Jump off training. this building. <laughs> so that I would don't be... think that's like taking me from zero to 100 and, and being surprised and I'm in shock yeah. afterwards. So, so, so just to address that on a serious okay. side, there are lots of people that have experienced really bad emotional, you know, attacks, you know, uh, spousal situations or domestic situations that buy trained protection dogs from us or from other people. Oh, okay. And they are 
in a similar way, they have a lot of PTSD, they have a lot of emotional distress and so on. And once those dogs actually start working for them, it, put, it, it empowers them more than anything in the world. They don't have to learn, you know, I'm, I'm pro-gun, obviously, because I shoot competitively, but well, they well, don't have to learn really how quickly, to go. You need to quickly tell us what you do with that. He just said he shoots competitively, he, which means he, it takes part in competition where you see how accurate you can be. It's right. basically the sporting side of guns, which is why it's awesome people have the right to do that. Right. But you don't have to teach this. I'm just talking about this case. I don't have to teach her how to handle a gun because the dog is going to protect her. Mm -hmm. Now, as long as it's correctly trained appropriately, like a dog that bites somebody because they're in the vicinity, that's not protection, et cetera. We can talk about that another time. Yes. So that was where I was curious is what type of dog would you suggest for someone like me who – That's a good question. Any of the smaller breeds, any of the toy breeds, uh, this is a good dog for you. Labradors are great dogs. Bichons, I mean, you're more breed – knowledgeable than she i am would be great with a dog like maddie who just my my little dog he just chill he's older he just he wants yeah, to sleep he, he just takes up space and I mean, breathes he, oxygen that's about yeah, it he literally <laughs> sleeps eats and goes outside to go to the but he's just very chill and just loving yeah, yeah. loving yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to remember, which Chet actually touched on a little bit as well, is that how much his dog has brought him mm. so much love and so much joy. It, it literally changes the way that you think. That would be a huge factor for you. You know, if you've got this built up, I'm going to say baggage, because in your, in your head it feels like baggage, right? It weighs you down. And you'll realize shortly that dog doesn't care about any of that. That little dog just loves you for you. <laughs> and it doesn't take long for that actually to change your mindset, which is really what you Yeah, you can be having want. the worst mm-hmm. day ever. Yep. And when you get home and you see their tail wagging and that excitement Aww. for them to see you, you forget about all that bad shit that happened. It's yep. crazy how that works. And, you know, you're going to take care of that those problems later, but – that little vacation from your problem every time you get to say hi to your dog, it's it really does change your life. Yeah. It so does. It's really cute when I when I go to see Chet and Rachel and I, you know, visit the house and then I can hear Puka, so I'll call her. Well, I don't know that he's had her on stay. So she'll just be disobedient and she'll come down the stairs and come to greet me. And then of course that's where Chet will like you know, be scolding her. And then she kind of comes to me like, oh, Granny, save me. <laughs> so the next time that happens, what Chet's going to do, he's going to say, here, Mom, here's the leash. Let's bring her to heel, put her in a sit, and then you pet her in a controlled condition. Okay. Make sense? Yes. And and remember that that actually is happier for the dog. This is exactly be- what I've been saying we need to do. I've been saying that you need to let me know when you're coming over to my side to say hi to her so that way I can actually tell her to stay and then once you come over, I'll tell her to come, sit, and then you pet her. That's how it should be done. Instead of you surprising us, and then she's not, she's just loose, basically hanging out in her place with no commands. And then she goes down the stairs and thinks she's able to because you just snuck up on well, her. Well, I don't live there, so when I don't, right. if I haven't seen her for like, you know, a day and a half, I miss her. Yeah, but and, you should and, let and, me you know, know that you're but, coming to say but, hi to her. But maybe she doesn't want to let you know. Maybe she wants to like see like, hey, are you? Well, while we're in the time. training process, <laughs> yeah. it's important that we... So, so I'm going to add one thing to that. So okay, okay. when you do that, I like that idea. So you shoot him a text message when you're five minutes out. So hey, I'm five minutes out. That's then smart. he meets you at the door, but he has the change. You're not actually going to walk into the house. You're going to literally meet at the door and then you're going to say, hey, mom, we're going for a walk. 
She's already at heel. Oh. You're not, not mom is at heel, but the dog is at heel. <laughs> then you put your mom next to you, and as you start walking down the road, you give her the leash. You just walk that. Instead of correcting or punishing the energy, I want you to channel that energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds cool to say that. That's smart. But it is what it is. Walking. You channel that energy towards walking down the street, and then that way, that will become the way that your dog sees your mom arriving. Mm-hmm. Make sense? That's yeah. smart. And it's very easy to do. That is a good, that's a great idea. Maybe we should practice that. Did you guys want to do some like leash work? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Why don't we we do that? We only have a couple minutes left, so we don't have time to do it right now. Okay. Yeah. We only have three minutes left. Um, So one question I have in review, um, because it was a great tip that you shouldn't, you know, keep the pressure on the leash. It's better to do a tug when they're going the wrong direction and let them have some slack. Are there any other misconceptions with dog? trainings or dog commands that people are doing wrong yep. that they think are doing right and what tons. are they oh. and tons so, so I'm going to add one step one before like on that mind. so yeah. before you have to we're going to use the leash correction because we were already in a position of having to take control right but remember that the way we want you to do that is we want you to take your treat and teach your dog to walk at heel using the pay system right mm-hmm. walk at heel here's your pay walk at heel here's your pay then you start using the leash. Mm-hmm. So the leash is like a secondary step. So that's one of the misconceptions. And then the other thing is people the people often think it's about how hard a correction is before the dog listens, and it's not at all. It's about building that relationship with your dog, building in a positive way. You can use a little bit of correction. And consistency, too. Consistency probably. as well, yeah. yeah. Well, the close thing that you mentioned I think is one of the most important things. Can you tell Chip the to witch? describe that? Remember how you said, like, she's it's her birthday today. Oh, the jumping Sarah, stuff. Yes, because okay. cause Sarah's wearing this gorgeous dress. Because I have noticed that most everybody in the household will let Puka jump if they're wearing something casual, but then for dress up, oh, stay out. Right. Stay out. That's a common problem. So inconsistency, yeah. right? So so imagine one day you arrive home and you're all dressed up because you had business meetings and so forth. You have a suit on or you know, the ladies have, have leggings or a dress or skirt or whatever the case is, and then they don't want the dog jumping. And so when the dog jumps on them, they yell at the dogs, they get off me, get off me, get off And the dog just sees that as energy. They don't really pay that much attention. They're not really that scared of you. The next day you show up and you've been out running, working out or whatever, and you show up, it's like, oh, that's fine. Like you're wearing a T-shirt. You don't care if the dog jumps on you. had her on your lap just now. Well, now you don't punish that, and that to the dog is inconsistent. So one day they're not quite sure. You'll actually see it. We as trainers will see that. If I'm at somebody's home, we'll, we'll, you know, the wife will have me there, and then the husband will come home. And the moment the husband walks in the house, the dog takes this cautious approach. And I'm like, all right, we've got to change this. Whatever's going on, this has got to change. So that's definitely a second problem. So I'm very consistent with the no jumping thing. But uh, one question I have is after she'll jump on somebody, I will, you know, tell her no, a bad dog. And then to discipline her, I'll put her in her pen because she doesn't like being in there. Yeah. She and I think that's wrong. So she we don't she'll do let it. her out, which will break the consistency uh, of trying to use that as a discipline mechanism. Well, because I haven't seen her think, in two days okay. and I'm showing up. Or in, a sure. But if she's jumping on people's outfits, she, we and have to put in, her somewhere she's because she's, she's ruining minutes. their outfits. She doesn't know. Oh, all right. okay. So welcome to reality, guys. So the reality is what you're talking about is you're allowing the dog to get deep into being in trouble. Before you establish your foundation. So we back that foundation. So the first thing is we don't punish a dog by putting them in a crate or a pen, as you Thank said. You. 
Okay, high five. Hold on. High five. <laughs> except, <laughs> except. I feel like there's a however. Yeah. Except you don't want the dog to be out of control at any time because when they get out of control and they do what they think is normal dog stuff, then you as a human don't accept that. So I want you to dial that all the way back. So so you don't. So think of it as kids, right? Right. So when they were kids, well, exactly. Growing up, and I think jumping is definition of her being out of control. That's the number one thing I'm trying to get her to stop doing right, right now. But so, wait till she snags one of Megan's silk at that. That's exactly on. why I put her in the pen when she goes out of control. No, nope, that I, doesn't change that. Okay. That actually will agitate that further. Okay. She'll calm down in the crate, but it doesn't change the mindset. I want you to change that mindset, and I'm gonna use the analogy of like you know, so when you're a kid growing up and the moment you did something wrong your mom said to you hey go to your room okay big deal right maybe your room is a very comfortable place for you which at most times it is but that doesn't change that behavior what would be far better is like hey you're not behaving sit down right here next to me let's talk about this i would just say no uh, what are those video games yeah. Video game. yeah i'd take, I'd take for like away. a week i would take the video game away I want something. Now, if the kid says, here's my video game, I don't care about it, then I'd be okay. I need to think about this a little bit more. But, but that's, that's a different philosophy. That's a different training approach, taking away or withholding praise, I'd right? I'm not making we're not, chip cookies tonight. We're not talking about that. That's a later <laughs> step. And that would be far more of a behavioral thing. So, so when you have a child that has inappropriate behaviors, then sometimes taking away things helps. But, but that's a much more complex area. And no for cookies. dogs, it's not oh, really that 55? important. So remember, saving the planet one, one show, show at, at a time. time. That was a great Tune time. In next time.